0: Psalm 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we've just heard from Psalm 23, and I think it's safe to say that this psalm is familiar to many people. It's probably the most well-recited psalm in religious and even non-religious contexts. William Holliday, Old Testament professor and theologian, provides several reasons why this psalm is so familiar in many contexts. It's short. It's easily memorized. It's not overtly demanding. It's not controversial among denominational boundaries. It doesn't offend, and it doesn't even mention sin. It's rather versatile psalm in many instances and circumstances. While reading this psalm, by association, this psalm may bring up memories for some of sitting perhaps beside a loved one as the Lord is calling him or her home, or perhaps a funeral service, and it might be difficult at times to even hear this psalm, or maybe it's one of your life verses that continues to invoke joy and comfort. Whatever memories and associations this psalm raise, may it also bring memories of whether God is God sitting beside your loved one or God sitting beside you. And this psalm speaks to many people at funerals and the end of life, but it's not the, not the only point for this psalm. It is to speak to each of us, as verse 6a says, in all the days of our lives. The context of this psalm is in the pasture with the shepherd and the sheep. And there's this relationship that we must assume, and that's affirmed in this psalm. And this psalm is written by shepherd and King David, and you might be picturing him kind of just beside those cool waters and still waters, in the green grass, kind of lying back, looking at the beautiful sky, all blue sky and some clouds and enjoying that cool breeze. But it's actually assumed that David wrote this psalm during the rebellion of his own son, Absalom. He wrote this psalm when he was going through trying times. And this message, is a message This psalm is a message for Christians who have fought battles and who continue to carry burdens or will carry burdens in the future. King David began his career as a shepherd, taking care of his sheep, when David was a shepherd, he guarded his sheep. He led them. He provided food and water for them. He took care of them when they were weary, bruised, cut, or sick. He would rescue them when they were strayed. He knew their names, and he assisted in delivering the lambs. In every way, David, as did all shepherds, simply loved and watched over the sheep. There was this caring relationship For a shepherd, it was a calling. Now, we need to step back for a moment and kind of look at the life of the author, King David. He was by no means perfect. David had events in his life that that we, no one, would want to imitate. He had his issues. He had his conflicts. He had his problems. David committed adultery. He murdered. He had a child die at a young age. David had issues with his rebellious son, Absalom, who also died at an early age. David was not the kind of person that we would say, hey, we're going to set this guy up on a pedestal and follow everything he does. David was writing this message after a life of ups and downs. David lived a life of struggles and conflicts. In fact, I don't think it's any coincidence that Psalm 23 follows the words of David's Psalm 23. 22, verses 1 and 2, where we read, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you don't answer. By night, but I find no rest. And maybe some of you have been there, or maybe you're there now. And then we hear about a psalm of rest following this cry for help. But don't assume that there is no pain in Psalm 23. As David closes off with verse 6, he may be looking over his life of sins, failures, and maybe even shame, and yet he knew that God's goodness and God's love and God's mercy followed him all the days of his life not just occasionally, all the days of his life. Now, we don't know what life holds for us. When one begins a new year, a new week, a new day, you just never know what might happen next. Life can be full of unexpected turns and events. My wife, Michelle, has a cousin who just got married four months ago. And Melanie and her husband, Zach, this young couple, they just promised to spend their lives together under every circumstance till death do us part. Zach had a serious accident at work a month ago that left him unconscious and with little hope that he will return to the mental state that he was before the accident. Who knew that married life would take such a tragic turn so soon? We say these words of promise to one another. But we don't expect to face them so soon or even at all till death do us part. It's impossible for us to completely plan our lives Because we just never know what the next minute has in store for us and only God knows And we're not privileged to have that knowledge given to us Or maybe thankfully I would say thankfully we don't have that knowledge But God does give us something to grasp on to We have his word We have the scriptures. We have the Bible. We have the Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit in our church the Holy Spirit in our lives in our hearts and in the Bible, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are given words of assurance and comfort and hope that we can indeed grasp onto. And we too can recite this psalm in that we have our failings and our shortcomings, and we too might be crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Life has given God's people major challenges too. And yet through our challenges, we have words of hope throughout Scripture. That things aren't always going to stay tragic. This is a powerful psalm because it points us not to the shepherd David, but points us to the Lord, our great shepherd. So we look at verses 1 to 3 where David speaks all about the shepherd. The action in these verses is on God and it's always good to start with God. It's important to remind it be reminded all that god does for us god initiates his love and his grace and then we can respond the lord is my shepherd this is actually a loaded statement because by just saying the word lord david is referring to the covenantal god the covenantal god who makes and keeps promises god cares he guards he provides he knows his people by name And this statement can literally be translated as, the Lord is shepherding me. And these words hold true in all circumstances, despite our many sins. David was able to proclaim that the Lord is my shepherd, and I don't need anything else. He continues to care for us and love us as our shepherd. Jesus is all we need. He is adequate for every need. Verse 2, the sheep lie down in green pastures. Now, sheep don't lie down when they are hungry. So verse 2 states that the sheep are lying down, which implies they are content. They've had enough to eat. And then they're led by quiet waters. And sheep don't drink from fast-flowing waters. So, the shepherd has to dam the waters in order to quench the thirst of the sheep. So, they're being fed. They're being given their supply of water. Their physical needs are taken care of. And then, David, in verse 3, takes us to his own life. Not only physical needs of the sheep, and let alone God's people, are taken care of, but David says, He refreshes my soul. The spiritual needs are taken care of. The shepherd guides the sheep along the right path. Now, sheep are defenseless animals, prone to getting lost. They need constant care. You can't push sheep like cattle. You have to lead sheep. The great shepherd, he doesn't push or drive his people. Jesus leads his people. We're called to follow him. And he led us to the cross of Jesus where forgiveness and salvation are provided. All our spiritual needs are taken care of. And so this takes us to the main verse now of Psalm, uh, Psalm 23. The central verse is verse 4. The subject changes now from he, God, where we say he is my shepherd. He leads me, he restores me. He's the subject actually changes to me. And David's no longer speaking about the shepherd, but now he's speaking to the shepherd, He's no longer referring to God as a third person he. David is talking to God as if he is right there beside him and he is. And he says to God, "You are with me. Even though I walk through the darkest valley or some some translations the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me." The psalmist David does not have to fear. The Lord is with them. David knows that there will be valleys and that there will be death. He's seen death throughout his life. But he walks through these valleys. The Lord's sheep, the Lord's children, do not remain in these valleys. And the Lord's children are never alone in these dark valleys. Now, sheep are easily spooked and frightened in new circumstances, and especially when it's dark. But the shepherd is guiding them through this valley. And the valley is not their place of permanence. This life of sin is not our life of permanence. God is working in us and he's working beside us through the valley, walking us through the valley. And we look forward to his return, making all things new. Verse 5 people tend to think that David shifts from the pasture to a house because he's referring to a table. But It's not necessarily the case. A table doesn't have to be a piece of furniture. A table actually means something spread out. So in our houses, a table spreads out a meal. But flat places, or there are flat, flat, spread-out places in the hilly country where they're called tables. It's a spread-out place of of pasture. And then the shepherd would stop the sheep at these tables so that they could rest and then they can eat. And so the shepherd could bring them to a safe place by the nighttime and they can continue to be protected by the shepherd. Now, at these tables, David still talks about enemies being present. Thieves and dangerous animals continue to prowl and, and at times even attack. But the shepherd helps the sheep overcome these dangers. The enemies are still lurking out there, and they're there today as well. And as they, the sheep then went into the pen for the evening, the shepherd would count them with his rod. The shepherd's rod and staff, they're not punishment. Rather, it was a counter, and it was an item of care. The sheep mattered, and as they walked into their protection for the nighttime, the shepherd would then use his staff, and every one of them mattered, and every one of them needed to be safe. And he also, with his staff, with his rod and staff, he would examine them, and he would put oil on their injuries, Oil would also be applied to their heads and to their horns to keep flies and insects away. They were proactive. So they were safe. And they could go to sleep without fear. And their cup overflowed. If they were thirsty, they had a continued supply of water. And as a shepherd looked over his flock, as they settled into their protection for the night, the shepherd would give God thanks. Thanks be to God for blessing him and blessing his flock. David was able to proclaim that God's goodness and God's mercy will follow him all the days of his life. That his God, our God, does not abandon his people. So people, you are a sheep. And you have a great shepherd. A great shepherd who knows his sheep. He in the New Testament says he knows the sheep by their voice. A great shepherd who is always with us. Even when we think sometimes we question is he even there? And he's right beside us. And God is with you now. And God comforts you now and provides for you now and protects you now. And perhaps you are crying out those same words that David cried out in Psalm 22, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" And God has you right now in that dark But remember, you are going through the dark valley. Psalm 23 reminds us of God's presence in our lives now and forever. This is not only a message of comfort today and the weeks and months that lie ahead. It is a message of comfort, as David puts, all the days of our life. This is a promise that is given to us in the Old Testament. And Jesus continues his promises in the New Testament through his life, death, and resurrection. And those promises are the same promises for us today. And he is leading us, and we need to follow as his sheep. In the New Testament, gospel writer Matthew refers to the birth of Jesus Christ in Matthew one twenty-three. And states that Mary will give birth to a son and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Later in that same book in Matthew, Jesus has died and he's risen from the dead and he's preparing to leave his disciples and, and ascend into heaven. And in Matthew twenty-eight twenty, Jesus says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus Christ is always with us. He's always with you. Even in the midst of our sins, failures, moments of despair, moments of joy, it's all the days of our life that God's goodness and His love will follow us. We're called to follow Him, but His love and His goodness follows us as well. God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to be our good shepherd. In the New Testament, in the book of John ten eleven, Jesus says that I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down His life for His sheep. What a relationship. Jesus Christ laid down his life for his sheep for you. And that's what our great shepherd did for us. Friends, believe God's promises. Believe in God's love through Jesus Christ. The sheep have a desperate need for a shepherd. We have a desperate need for a Savior. Our great shepherd. N.T. Wright, author and theologian, quoted it's not great faith that you need it's faith in a great god psalm 23 is not about our faith it is about our faithful god the lord your good shepherd is with you the lord your good shepherd he comforts you and he's always with you in good times and times of going through those valleys The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Finally, I think when we read this psalm, we forget about the response in this psalm. This isn't like David's other psalms, you know, in other psalms where he says, you know, sing it out loud or or, tell of God's mighty acts and with a mighty voice. He doesn't say that here specifically. But don't forget that in this case, David is writing his response on paper or whatever, tablet, papyrus. He is writing... This psalm is his response. He's not verbally saying to us to sing it out or yell it out, but that's what he's doing. And the whole psalm is still a response. And David is sharing the power and promise and presence of our God. And so we are to be witnesses to others of God's amazing grace and his care in our lives, in the lives of his sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Live in this comfort and share this comfort with others. Amen. Let us pray. Great shepherd of your sheep, faithful God of your children, We thank you for the comfort and the grace that we have from your word and from David's psalm. May we be reminded that you are with us in every circumstance of our life, and may we respond by sharing that comfort and promise with others. Continue your work in each of our lives, and where there are some who are walking through the dark valley today, or, or maybe will be in the near future, provide each of your sons, your daughters, continued grace and assurance that you are near. And we don't always know why these dark valleys occur but you walk us through them, and you have a better place for us beyond the valley. And we look forward to that day. Give hope, strength, peace, patience, and comfort to your people. And it's only in Jesus' name that we can pray this. Amen.